Well, hello folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American soccer podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company. And we love the Nets. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on such short notice. Uh, we, we'd like to do a little quickie, a little mini-sode, a little mini-sode, a little, a little check-in with the peeps here, because U-20s are about to go underway uh, for their little baby World Cup uh, this summer. Fishies time. So it's an extended fishy. Imagine the song. Uh, it's all we're doing all day. Um, just a quick check-in with you folks. And Ty, how you doing? Welcome back. We've missed you. I'm I'm doing amazing. I'm in I'm in full cup mode. I'm I'm prepping for cups. We got lady cups. We got who? I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Just leave that one there. <laughs> we, yeah, we have Pull various we back. have yeah we have various tournaments this uh, summer, folks. We have a gold cup, a women's world cup, and of course a uh, men's under-20 World Cup. So join us on the next sode while Kwame and I discuss the friendlies leading up to the Women's World Cup. Uh, There will have been three at that time, and we can't wait to talk about those in our mini-series that we've been doing called She the Peeps. This, however, is all U-20s, all Ty and Clayton. Let's dive in. Ty, there's a roster out. Can you catch me up? What's going on? Who are the big names showing up? There's a roster. Uh, Before I even get to the roster... I'll just give people some context for what this is. Um, the U20 World Cup is the quote-unquote youth World Cup. It's the, the highest uh, age group that has its own World Cup before the, the seniors. Uh, and it happens every two years, so it's uh, more frequent than the regular World Cup every four years. Um, and many of the leading lights of modern soccer have passed through this tournament, including many... Many uh, fine U.S. national team players who have done well in it in the past. Um, it's important not only as a uh, testing ground and proving ground for, for our young players to get used to playing in national teams, but uh, it's one of the most heavily scouted events on the planet. Um, you can get, you know, professional teams can send a scout for, for three weeks or four weeks, and they can see pretty much all of the premier uh, youth talent um, the sort of undiscovered premier youth talent. Um, And usually what happens in this tournament is that the really good teams won't have a lot of their best players. So, you know, no France could probably, I think they could probably still have Mbappe, which is insane. That's messed up. Uh, But players like that, um, just there's no way that they're going to, you know, take time off of their uh, uh, glitzy club careers. Uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, another one for, for Italy. Um, players like that. So you you can guess that probably the best 100 players aren't here. Um, and what that means, though, is that uh, the U.S. has fewer of those players. We have some, but we have fewer. But what, what ends up happening is that the tournament is a lot more chaotic because not every team has their, their best uh, um, group out there. So the, it's much more of a level playing field than a regular um, full World Cup. And so that makes it really exciting. Uh, I think in, in the, the last tournament, um, England beat Venezuela. 
it's hard to conceive Venezuela ever making it to the final of a, a full World Cup, but they, they did it in the 20s. Uh, they beat us on the way to doing that. Um, in prior years, we've, we lost to uh, Serbia, who went on to win it the, the previous time. Um, and I think the time before that was France, uh, Paul Pogba's France, who we did snag a draw with in the group stage. Um, so you get you get this mixed bag of of teams that are uh, you know established soccer powerhouses and and teams that just get hot at the right time and have a good generation and are able to compete with the best in the world for those moments and that's uh, a long winded way of saying we're gonna win this damn thing we're gonna win this damn thing we got a chance <laughs> this is just the best of the undiscovered talent which I think it's fair to say uh, we like that zone that's our yeah, that's or- our zone. Yeah, undiscovered to the very top tier of clubs. You know, I think there a lot of our players are already, you know, have already signed professional contracts in Europe. They've been scouted from the U.S. Um, and and plucked out of youth academies, um, but they're you know not at the level of a Tyler Adams, a Josh Sargent, or a um, Christian Pulisic. Uh, I don't remember which which of our our you know now sort of senior team staples would be eligible, but I think more than more than a few. Um, so we're we're probably missing our best four players, something like that, um, which is a cool place to be in. It means that we're progressing as a soccer nation. But the team that we have is is quite impressive and has a lot of really cool names on it, um, led by uh, Timothy Weah. Your so boy, that's Timo. A, that's a big highlight. Um, and yeah, Tim Tim Weah, he had a, a reasonably successful uh, season at. Um, Celtic or half a season at Celtic. Um, and so he's coming off of that into this tournament with, with some experience in his, in his legs. And hopefully he can use this to, to, uh, you know, really impress and, and prove that he's, he's taken it to another, uh, to another level in the midfield. We have a couple of standouts. I I've talked a lot about Paxton Pomacall on this show, um, who is just a, a fantastic number 10 sort of, little more of an old school style movement and dribbling kind of player um, who is uh, I, I I just think he has that that rare talent where the ball sticks to his foot when you watch him play which you just don't see in at any level for the US let alone at youth level um, so I, I really have my eye on him because I think if he can put some other pieces together um, he's he's really going to be a, a exceptional player. Um, another standout in the midfield is this kid, Alex Mendez, who uh, plays for Freiburg. And he, um, he sort of lit up the, the, uh, qualifying tournament in which we beat Mexico two nothing and, and he scored both goals. Um, and the, the, uh, his, his profile wasn't super high going into that. I mean, he's like one of a group of many kids who've gone over to Germany, um, but it's just been going up and up and up, and I think he's he's poised to to be a, a senior team player soon. Um, and yeah, I mean it, the the side is just littered with with really talented players at at big clubs. Just you know running through the lists of clubs that are represented. I mean we we look like some of these bigger uh, countries, and that's really fun to see. That's exciting stuff, Ty. Uh, who are we going into uh, against in the group stage here? It starts. Tomorrow slash today, likely today for you, the listener. Um, yes, hopefully not on yesterday. When you're it's Friday, <laughs> Friday, May twenty fourth, two thirty Eastern. The U.S. is playing Ukraine. Um, then in the group stage, we have Nigeria, and that's on uh, May twenty seventh. Then we have Qatar, 
on May 30th. All right. So what does uh, success so under- look for us in this group stage? Um, so the U.S. has made it to the round of eight, the, the last two tournaments. So we've, we've gotten out of the group. Um, I should have explained it's a, it's a um, six-group situation. So it's your traditional top two out of each group get through, and then uh, four of the six uh, third-place teams get through. Uh, and it's based on goal difference and stuff like that. Points and goal difference. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Interns typing, interns typing. It's certainly certain that we should get out of the group. Uh, the group is 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 definitely um, achievable. Uh, Nigeria is always extremely strong at this level for reasons. Um, but uh, Ukraine and Qatar, I think, should be should be <laughs> you know reasonable opponents. Um, Nigeria has they've they've crushed us at youth level a number of times and it's very it's always very depressing. But I don't know, maybe we have a shot, who knows. Times times are changing. So um so yeah, I think the the group is definitely uh workable for us. We should get through to that that um round of 16 and then we've won that round of 16 game two times in a row and gotten knocked out in the round of 8. So I think you have to put success at making it to the semis because the last two times we've gone out in the round of eight. I think that's a logical thing to do. And I would say the, the round of eight is kind of our baseline in this tournament um, under the, the, in, the, in the tab era. In the tab era. And this has been Tab's show for quite a while, right? How many of these has he yeah. done? Uh, this is his third. Oh, so pardon me. This is his fourth. Um, I just read a, a great article by Ivis Galarsip that um, highlighted that Tab is about to become tied for the most FIFA tournaments ever as a player or coach. So he wow. played in five or six as a player. He played in the the uh, simply titled Youth World Cup, which was the precursor to this U20 tournament. Um, he played in a futsal World Cup. Huh. He played in three senior men's World Cups. And he's, played, he's coached a number of our youth teams at, at World Cup level. Uh, so he's he's going on eleven. This will be his eleventh uh, FIFA tournament, which will tie him for the lead in the whole world. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. So, do you know? Off, do you know off top who he's tied with? I don't. I didn't recognize the name. It was some uh, some some rando. Yeah, nineteen fifties. That that record about to get broken when he gets called up for uh, for the Qatar World Cup. Well, when he gets called back into that futsal in team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could use him. That's a, that's a, he's a shoe in for the futsal team in in retirement, so we know he's going to break it. Yeah, exactly. He's so like, good for Tabby. He's got to know but, uh, the ropes, but at this point, he's got to that that experience has to help him prepare these kids. And and it's not just experience at all levels, but he's done this with the kids a bunch of times, which I imagine is its own unique beast. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I mean. We're used to thinking of these, you know, 18, 19 year old uh, professionals as sort of real people, you know, and then you think back to the way that you were when you were 18 and 19 and how, how different you were, you know, four years later or five years later in your, in your, you know, beginning adulthood. I mean, it's a very, very different mindset and mentality and, and, you know, especially because these, these kids are, um, they're still not sure if they're really going to make it. You know, we've we've had some some of these teams, like the 2013 team that was a little on the weaker side. Um, a lot of those players aren't in the game anymore. You know, they're not only did they not like pan out, but they're not even professionals. And those are players who are in their mid twenties now. So, um, so you know, there's there is a totally different mentality and mindset to to 
how the players approach these kind of tournaments because of that uh, hunger and drive that they still have. But I, I, th- I would suspect also a bit of fear and a bit of um, anxiety about you know whether they're actually going to to make it, uh, and that can that can you know affect performance quite a bit. So I, I think it's a it's one of my favorite tournaments. I think it I would compare it to the the NCAA tournament uh, for for basketball where um, it's a little bit it's it's less refined and so you're not seeing the same level of skill but it's a little more fun because it's a little more chaotic and because the the players aren't aren't the finished article and so they make more mistakes and they they do more crazy stuff and and it can be uh, really uh, entertaining to watch and so as people are looking at this team tactically what should we expect and what does it look like when it's working what does it look like when it's not yeah so tab plays this this very um straightforward 4-3-3 uh, which i think is designed to um to be sort of what's the term fungible where you know you, you have different players coming in and out different age groups uh, and they're all kind of playing the same way and this is something that when when the U.S. was looking for that senior coach uh, we were hoping that um, the new senior coach would basically just do this uh, and not really tweak it too much but Berhalter's been doing all sorts of crazy things and and it's working out so far so I'm not going to judge but um, but at youth level, uh, the players are all kind of used to playing this way. Um, and so the, the, the main, let's see, how, what's the main, um, thrust of the style? I would say it's, it's a little more cross heavy than what we're used to seeing for the, the, um, seniors in the last couple games. Uh, the four, three, three tends to be pretty standard. Maybe the most dynamic or interesting thing is that, um, tab kind of likes to play, uh, two number eights in in midfield who kind of push forward into into the ten slot when we're on the attack, but a big role of those number eights is to press the opposition. So there, it's a it's a high tempo game. It really takes advantage of the energy of the younger players um, and their eagerness and and determination. Um, and the up up top we play uh, two very clear high wingers, uh, which is which is not not uh typical um and they are they have some defensive responsibility some pressing responsibility but we really try to get the ball wide um and really try to attack from wide places so that that's where you're going to see uh Wea popping up and that's where you're going to see Pomacall popping up um most of the time and uh they'll they'll be trying to to cause cause some chaos out in the wings so i would say it's a very traditional um I don't want to say simple, but, you know, uh, elementary uh, style that I think just works really well for players who are just getting used to the, the you know, professional level and they've they've been able to train in these different roles and they know exactly what's expected of them when they're playing different spots within that system. Yeah, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with simple, especially when there's so many unknowns at this age. Yeah, the, the only... The only qualms I've had in the past with the system are that the the sort of cross heavy nature of it. I I don't think we try to play on the ground as much as I would like, especially in uh, uh, games against weaker opponents. No, none of the opponents that we have um, on tap will be as weak as you know some that we faced in the the qualifying tournament, for instance. But I thought that would have been a good chance to like practice and just win three nothing instead of six nothing. But you know they they saw it a different way, so. Um, so we'll see if they're if if the you know finished team when they've been able to train together they know what the exact roster is going to be if they can, uh, you know, t- tweak that that style a little bit to to try to break down teams a little bit better, 
Um, but, you know, I think ultimately it's going to be about the talent. It's going to be about whether our uh, development systems are sufficiently advanced to create players who have the the technical and mental characteristics that you need to succeed at, at a level like this. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, it's, it's, it is for better or worse, it's going to be an indictment on where we're at as a program. Uh, because I think most people would agree who've been, um, watching the, the youth teams, uh, and the national team for a long time that I think this is the most talented group we've ever had. I mean, definitely by club resume, I think that's clear. Um, where we're, I don't think there's a college player on the roster, which I don't think has ever happened in this tournament. That's for the US. exciting. That's a big, that's um, a big step for us. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a new era. These are kids who have been professionals already for a long time. Many who have played in first teams, Sebastian Soto played in the Bundesliga this year. Um, uh, Mark McKenzie is a, he's like a two or three year starter for, for Philly. Um, so these are these are guys with a lot of experience already in their young careers who um, who I, I feel like are, are just up there with with anybody um, and you know are, are at some of the clubs that that are going to be heavily represented by our opponents so um, I, I have high hopes I'm trying not to get too hyped but but this tournament's just so fun and uh, it's it's the nats but it's also uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's like if you want fishies for the senior team, <laughs> this is the time you get to just watch all the fishies. Yeah, you yeah. get to see how, how dumb it would have been to just have started, you know, Sebastian Soto for the national yeah. team or something. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's so fun. Check it out. Even if you can only, you know, uh, pop in for, for, you know, second half of a game or something like that. It's so great to just see the, the uh, style of these young kids and, and see who impresses you. Yeah, bop in, bop out, do what you gotta do. Folks, if you enjoyed this mini-pod, why don't you go ahead and smash that subscribe button so that you don't miss all the action this summer. uh, Because we're going to be all over the place this summer, and it's exciting, and you're not going to want to miss a second of it. Also, if you'd like to get a little uh, one-on-one time, and by one-on-one I mean one person with the entire world time, check us out on Twitter. At WTP Pod, that's Wilbur Tango Pizza Pod. And of course, uh, remember that on this feed, you're going to be hearing the next installment of the She the Peeps mini series coming right at you uh, in just a short, undisclosed amount of time. Holler. Holler. So we will, um, we will check back in. We'll either do it as a part of a senior team show, depending on how the timing plays out but uh, we'll check back in if the u.s team is doing really well making a run we'll do a little highlight show just to to give you all a sense of what's been going on and what's coming up and if they're um, and absolutely if the US, terrible we'll try never to mention yeah if we again. crash out in the group and uh and you know c- come home in shame then we'll um we'll just do like five minutes at the end of one of the other shows so Hope you <laughs> uh, i really like um using things other than tissues as a tissue so it could be anything. Uh, I know. I know it's not uh, the most appealing thought, but why not a why not a fluffy shirt that's not your favorite shirt? Uh, and go put that straight in the laundry. You know, it's 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 a little uh, luxurious. It's, it's going to be cleaned anyway. Yeah, yeah. You think yeah. you're not Treat already yourself. getting some mucus on your shirts from time <laughs> to time? Come on now. Uh, I love the fact that chargers are genu- generally pretty mo- uh, modular, so you you can kind of get a cable from here, a brick from there, um, piece together your charger. 
of uh, of of a brand which we need not mention. Um, and I quite like it when you expect it to be one temperature outside based on how it looks, but then you get out there and it's a totally different temperature and vibe based on how it feels. What a surprise mm. life throws at you. But I don't love any of that stuff. None of it. Not even close. As much as I love the nuts. Let's go, boys. Goodbye, people. Go fishies. Let's go fishies. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.